Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm your host, Molly Nolan. Today, joined by Connell Mulraney, an old friend to the podcast. Connell is a sales rep at Nolan Painting, formerly a field supervisor. And he's got an interesting perspective when it comes to the world of sales and operations. He's lived on two sides of the coin. And in a time when leads are slow, sales are hunting, I was curious about the sales and operations dynamic. I last spoke with him and Jim in April of 2022 about the same topic, wanting to get each of their their perspectives. And so it's interesting to hear now the cadence in which they're in, how that, that process has been perfected, and why that relationship, that bridge between ops and sales is so critical. Hope you enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by the 2024 Grand Summit, an annual conference for Summit members designed to collaborate, educate, and share best practices. This year's conference is taking place March 20th through 22nd in Savannah, Georgia. We hope to see all of our Summit members there. Connell Morini, I am honored to have you in my podcast studio. <laughs> How are you today, sir? We're back. Not too bad. It's yeah. been a while, my it's, friend. It's been probably more than seven, eight months, maybe a year. I don't think you and I have been on a podcast together since April of 2022. Oh, well, there you which go. Which that is a sin. A long time. <laughs> That's a long time. And, and fortunately, I mean, I, I see you on a, on a somewhat regular basis, but yeah. the people have missed you. Yeah. On, on Out of the Hourglass. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. It's it's great to have you back in. Uh, give me before we jump into today's topic, just tell us how you are. What's going on in in your world? So, since we spoke the last time, I think the last podcast would have been myself and Jim. Correct. Yeah, and so it was um, me coming into the sales uh, arena at that stage with Jim. Yes. And coming away from operations, and what we were, I think we were basically talking about the dynamics, and so now. You fast forward then a year and a half, maybe two years, so coming up. So, yeah, it has changed. Yeah, definitely has. And I was just at Nolan Painting this past week for a First Ascent workshop. We, we brought some right. folks over, and um, Steve Nefranowitz and John Meyer and Claire Nolan gave us a tour of the building, as any First Ascent uh, workshop does. A lot of our listeners know that who have been to one before, uh, but we saw the big whiteboard. Yes. It has all the KPIs, the yeah. goals of the year. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it's a it's a, all about transparency. You know what mm -hmm. what you guys are going after, and you have a pretty significant sales goal this year, my friend. Yes, I do. <laughs> you're you're up there. Yeah. I mean, it's Jim and you, and I'm not sure who's Chris. and Chris Nolan. Yeah, I think Chris and myself are the two that have the the blunt of it ahead of us. Uh, What's your goal to sell this year? So I have to do over two and a half million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and, um, uh, uh, yeah, myself and Chris have the two two high ones. How do you feel about that? That's a challenge, but, you know, it's like anything else. Um, the first time when you started out and saw your goals a couple of years ago, you were, like, a little bit apprehensive, but then you started to get your head around it and you come up with your own plan of how yeah. you're going to achieve it. And you know, there's lots of little systems in place to help you, too. For example, you know, you have your – how many leads do you need a week? And uh, that's a big help because once you get that down to how many leads it takes per week, per month to get you to your monthly goal, which gets you to your yearly goal, 
um, you start to get your head around that and you start to make it happen. And um, just because you have a great sale one week and you blow it out of the water doesn't mean you take the foot off the brake because you don't know what's happening next week. And yeah, so it's it's um, it's, it's an experience in yeah. itself. But and, it's a good and, challenge. And I, I will definitely get into kind of the, how you approach things and what, you know, we were talking before we got going here about how you have to find your your process in sales. Yeah. Like, you know, you obviously you follow a sales process, but then how do you make it the Connell Mulraney sales oh, yeah, experience, the Jim Fox sales experience, because everybody's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And so finding in what really works, you know, yeah. you know, for you. Um, what did you sell in 2023? Uh, 2.5, 2.5, just 2.5, just a little bit over it. Yeah. So from a guy coming from years and years in operations and field supervisor, and now in his first full year, I guess, of sales, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing about two and a half million? Yeah. Connell, what is the magic secret here? So, I, I, well, there's others that probably sold more than me in the past, but uh, so for me coming into it, um, you you do you find what works for you, yeah. And so it may not be all the word tracks that you hear in sales. Um, definitely, the operational background is a big help. So I'm using that, um, whereas somebody else might sell it differently. I will kind of almost paint a picture in the customer's mind of how the house is going to get painted because I've been doing it for so long. Right. And th- and that's um, that works well with customers because they, it makes them comfortable. And, okay, so um, they can tell right away that you know how to paint, that you've been painting, uh, and now you're the experience is there. there. And, yeah. and the ideas and, you know, sometimes you tell them, no, don't do this, but you might want to try this. And so they, they love those things. But you, you do, you make it your own from the operational standpoint um you just some of the customers you've actually worked for before so you know you walk into some of them and you're like wow this is going to be easy (laughs) you know because it's more about how is your family how is my family right and they're pretty much buying the newer ones um you definitely go with your operational you definitely go with your experience and then you just start to start to try and sell and and find out what's important to them and, and see where they go what the pain point? Yeah. What the pain point is? Yeah. So, I, I think you're you're a unique scenario because you're kind of like two sides of the coin. You've mm-hmm. you've had the operational experience, and you can speak to that. And you're obviously you you have talent when it comes when it comes to sales. Yeah. And when we last talked talked to you and talked with Jim, we really talked about that ops and sales dynamic. Mm-hmm. That relationship is so important. And it often can be such a push and pull. And so how do you work together, especially as the organization, organization continues to grow yeah. and the operation and the production field continues mm-hmm. to grow? And now you've got, what, eight sales reps at, yes. at Nolan. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of moving parts. How do you kind of keep that relationship in a good place, in a productive place, right? Mm-hmm. Because sales sales to produce so production needs sales but sales also needs production to do a good job because the relationship has been established and so i know it was it was it was a great conversation back when we had you and jim on so definitely encourage folks to to take a listen to that episode um but in 2022 this was a big rock for nolan painting getting this relationship or figuring out the right process between ops and sales when it came to the job. And a big focus of that was the staging component. Yes, Yes, it was. 
So bring us, uh, for those who are, maybe haven't listened to that episode or are not quite familiar, um, when, you, when we say staging of the job and sales is involved, what does that mean? So when we were slower, and, and this, this actually happened more in the middle of summer when, when things would drop off a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, leads would drop down. Um, we, that year we started to help out sales or help out operations, you know, um, delivering. We talked about some of the, the key points of the job, some of the pain of the job. We can, you know, we would say to the field manager, I can, I can be there tomorrow morning and start that job if you like. And, and the, the, the premise behind that was you have a field manager who has people in place to cascade communication down mm-hmm. and they're all starting jobs and he's trying to find which is the most important one to him to get to first. He can't be everywhere at and once. He cannot. And so it's first, second, third, you know. So you could take a first and there's a huge breathing room for a field manager yeah. who on a Monday morning has six job starts, you know, and then you could bring material with you. Um, we populated the notes and we we kind of did a little bit of talk and training around how to look at notes and smart sheets and in, in uh, Paint Scout because that that notes the notes are the DNA of the job. It's what you saw when you went there first yourself. And it's one thing for you to see it. How do you get it into the mind of operations mm-hmm. that this is what you were thinking? So especially those big projects uh, that even keeps you awake, you look at them and you go, oh my God, yeah, I need to be there. So you were a little bit slower and you had the opportunity to be there. Mm-hmm. And you also took the pressure off. You also had to be careful that you stayed within your role, right. that you didn't step outside the box and become a job leader. or Especially a f- for you, because that was yeah. a role in which you lived and breathed for 30-plus yeah. years. Yeah. So if, you, if, if I wasn't careful, I could just find myself being right in there going, oh, wrong place. Yeah. yeah. So you consciously tapped yourself in the mind, well, like, okay, you're only going to go so far here. You're going to provide the details, provide the notes, and you're not going to tell them how to do it per se, because uh, personally myself, when I was in the field, if somebody came to tell me how to do it and I knew how to do it, it didn't sit well. No. <laughs> so why would you, you know, why would you do that to somebody else? Yeah. So do you guys feel like at Nolan you've gotten into a good cadence now of how sales and, and ops yeah. work together for, for this staging? Oh, yes, we do. And, and it's important because here's the thing, you're selling to customer how you do things and sometimes I always say whoever provides the best you know plan of how we do it and you know all the things that we do for setup and everything so you're standing in front of a client basically taking the competition out of the out of the equation Mm -hmm. and they go with you because of your setups and how you do things and your experience and everything so you got to make sure that that happens and then you know uh, sometimes it doesn't happen and so you, you, and you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. Right. And they, and they feel like betrayed by you because you said this is what you're going to do. And now all of a sudden it didn't happen. That's uh, a, what we call, it feels like a promise has been broken yes, because broken the expectations yeah. that were set are not being yeah. met. Yeah. And that's not from a, you're getting the, the job off on the wrong foot, yeah. essentially. Yes, you are. So if you hear a rumble of that, you know, you would get yourself back in there uh, as quick as possible, and assist them in getting it back to where it should be. And then they feel comfortable and you can step away again. So when you look at your week, like on a, 
I imagine you probably do some prep on a Sunday. Yes. You're, you're looking at what, what's yeah. coming up this week, not only what estimates you have scheduled, but also what jobs of yours are being started. Yes, and there is actually, in, that's a good point, Molly, because in, in uh, Smartsheets, it shows exactly the jobs that are starting. So you can look at them and go, oh, that's really easy. Uh, that one's simple enough. Um, the team will handle that, no problem. Oh, Smith. And that, that starts to little maybe just a little knot in your stomach a little yeah. bit. There's a lot of details to that job. Um, wonder how did the site visit go? And that's the one you may make a phone call and go. Just just not sticking my nose into things, guys, but a reminder here they're very picky about this or you know, they have concerns about this. And so just bringing that to light again. On the receiving end, you know, are you calling the field supervisor there? Or are you calling the crew leader in those scenarios? I, I usually just go to the field manager okay. of that group and let them, you know, you could you could say, hey, you're starting. I know you're starting this project on Tuesday. Um, just remember, uh, I may have spoken to you or not, but here's some of the things that are important in that job. And how is that is that call received well? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I think there's a way better communication there. Ah, yeah, there is. Definitely. And do all of the sales reps approach it in a similar manner? Is, yeah. is it part of the process now? Yeah, I, I think anybody, that, any sales guy that has something that's, you know, in the back of his head that yeah. could be a situation, they're probably, as the job is about to start, even though it's written in notes, it's some, some of them, they, they all probably handle it differently, but uh, everybody does reach out. Yeah. That's what I love. I think it's like you're on the same team. Yes. And I think for, in, in some aspects, we can think that sales and production operate on different islands, right? Yeah, you can. But you realize that that's not how success happens. Teams win. Teams win. Yeah. It's the, the full brand experience, mm-hmm. like why customers come back around to you yes. is because they can see those, those clear lines of yes. communication. They see the clear lines and they see the repetitiveness of the brand being met over yeah. and over again. And so that makes them buy. I mean, I would imagine some folks are surprised to see you show up on a job yeah. that is, you know, in mid, you know, mid production, yeah. they're thinking, you know, they... They met you when the job was sold. Now the people that they're going to interact with yes. are, you know, are, are the crew. They're probably not expecting to see you show up. Not as much. And the only times you would find, especially when we're busy, you would find yourself in that situation when you're doing an estimate around the corner. And you're like, if they see me, <laughs> they'll not be happy that I didn't step in. Right. And I had that situation happen recently because uh, I had a client that we did one uh, two doors up. But I never got to her job because it was small and I knew it was handled. And when I reached out to thank her, she said, you were beside me, but you didn't come to see me. And oh. I was like, that was a mistake. So, um, yeah. So you do if you're close by or, you know, maybe there's an additional work order and there's, they're not sure what to charge. Uh, or maybe there's a question on that contract. Mm-hmm. It gets you back in front of them. Yeah, yeah it definitely does. This is a seasonal business, especially when we... We live in the Northeast, and so the from, I'd say, maybe April to October, things yeah. are pretty good. Yes. And then November, December, January, February, yeah. we're in the doldrums yeah. of, of winter. The cliff is coming. The cliff is coming. And so, obviously, it's a time to shine a light on certain systems and, and, mm-hmm. and work on training and improve things. But how do you – I mean, this is a time where you're trying to keep your guys busy. And so how, I would almost imagine when things are slower, 
you're trying to hit certain certain goals, stress is a little bit higher. Yeah. And expectations from different sides can be yeah. a little bit tricky to navigate. So how like how do you how do you navigate as a salesperson knowing that the field is struggling to be busy at times? Yeah. What's your approach there? So you know, I, I hunting, I, I call it hunting. You get, you know, either hunt or be hunted, one or the other. So you go and you look at the, you know, if there's, if we're slow, they're slow, especially in a slow time. Right. If we're slow in the middle of winter, that doesn't mean that the, in the middle of summer, that doesn't mean that the field's slow. It's just that leads have dropped off maybe in August because people are on vacation. But now this is a different animal. This is, things have slowed down. And if, the, if we're slow, then... The guys in the field are slow, so you, and that's you, tough because yeah. a lot of it, for a lot of those guys, you know, painters or P twos yeah. leaders, they might not have work for that day, yeah. and so and they're concerned. They're concerned yeah, they that in, that impacts their personal yeah. Yeah. life, and it should impact you too. So you can make it about yourself in one sense, but um, and it's not. It, it, this is where you step in as a team and you go, okay, we need to find work. We need to hunt, and so everybody's different. Um, I never had a problem calling the customer. I didn't. I don't care if I hadn't talked to them in two years, three years. Just a cold call on a Wednesday a, afternoon. Just make it a cold one. I could make it happen, no problem. And, and so that was part of my um, my that's my way of doing things. So we would um, you would call a client, uh, and you were looking for work, and some of them remembered you maybe because of your accent, maybe because of things that we talked about, and they would be open to it. And you would set up an appointment for yourself. And sometimes they would say, thank you, but no, we don't have anything right now. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's awesome too. No harm in trying. No harm in trying. Yep. But then, so it, it leads into a bigger thing then. Um, in sales, we, we actually started what was called the friendly, you know, how many contest, uh, weekly contest, how many self-generated leads can you get? And so, um, again, I was doing the calling. I was lucky. But I don't think I was doing it as polished as I should have. And so what works for one doesn't work for another. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, all right, they remembered your accent, say, for example. We'll just <laughs> use that as an example. And they were like, okay, how, how are you? And uh, how are things? And, and, and it led to, a, um, to an appointment or it led to a, a lead, which you set up for yourself then. But then um, in talking to one of the estimators, Kevin Dobson, who's a very – he's out the Westchester area – and he's, he's pretty detailed. And um, so he made a point to me then. He says, so you're leaving, you're making a call and you're leaving a message. But he says, you know, in the, in the busyness of life, he said, your message, you know, they, they might go, oh, I must call Connell. But then he said, you know, somebody else calls and you get pushed down the road right. and they forget about you. Uh, why don't you back it up with an email? So he... He shared an email with me that he uses, and that's the one thing about an email. He says it stays in the inbox. It does. So he says, even if they didn't, it was maybe you did it on Thursday and they got busy and things happened. Maybe Saturday afternoon they're looking at their email and going down through and they go, oh, yeah. So it's still captured. Mm-hmm. It's still there, and it's visual. It's in their inbox, and they right. can see it. So it was simple. You know, um, I took his email, I looked at it, and I thought, this actually would work for me. So I changed it around a little bit. And it was very simple. Um, you know, say we were we were offering discounts at the time anyway, and you just reached out and you would go, you know, um, you know, hello, Claire, how are you? 
uh, just reaching out. This is Connell with Nolan Painting. Um, so I wanted to touch base. I'm not sure whether you saw any of our emails or not, and they may have, but you were redoing it again. And um, so we're, we're offering a sizable discount um, in the month of January to keep our guys busy, uh, our good guys busy. And, um, you know, it's a free estimate. And I would gladly come out if you needed it looked at, uh, if you had anything. And and if you do, um, just reach out to me. And if you don't, you know, have a wonderful new year. And thank you very much for all the opportunities in the past. And hopefully we'll talk soon. So it's it's a kind email. It's a kind email. It's one that feels that can maybe sparks, oh, maybe I should get them to come yeah. out. But if but I'm not but if if I don't have any work. That was, that, was, that, that was nice to hear from Connell. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. it keeps you in the mind. And then it's amazing how quickly then they start, they start thinking about the sizable, and the sizable discount. You never give away the number at any given time, but uh. it was sizable. And sizable in their mind, what does it mean? Is it this size or is it that size? Right. And so it gets them excited maybe and they go, yeah, you know what? I've been meaning to do this and we're going to do it. So. And so these are past customers who you maybe worked with yeah. three or four years ago yeah. who you're circling back around. Right, circling back around, and you just do it that way. And sometimes, a classic example, I reached out to one two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I was I was sure it was going to be a shoe-in. I was sure this lady would have something for me because we had such a bond, and uh, she had nothing, nothing. And I was so disappointed. And she turned around, she says, however, she said, my neighbor, I know, has been talking about painting. So she went over to him, came back, called me, and she said, Joe would love to have painting done. And she says, so could you come out? So I came out. Ended up being an $18,000 estimate. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just because she didn't have it right. doesn't mean. So then that takes it into a different angle. So say, say you do reach out and they get back to you and they say, well, Connell, I'm sorry this time. We don't have anything, mm -hmm. you know. So now, don't throw in the towel, you know. Well, we've had a long relationship, Terry, you know, so we've, we've worked together a long time. I would extend it into your family if there was somebody in your family that had something. I don't, we don't do that all the time, but listen, we've done a lot of work together. And so just letting you know that too. And so you're like, making them feel special. Yes. Because you're saying, I'm not giving this sizable discount to anybody. Yeah. I'm only doing it to my past customers who I have a relationship okay. with. You know our guys. You know we want to keep them busy over the next month or two. And go. so if you can't, if you don't have an opportunity, I'd love to extend that yeah. special discount to a friend yeah. or a family member of yours. Yeah. So, yeah, so you extend it in a gentle way. You don't want to be overwhelming because all yeah. of a sudden they're like, oh, he's really annoying right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little pushy today, yes, that yeah, Very pushy today. So <laughs> you just you let it float out nice and gently and they'll either take it or they won't. Uh, but, it, but that's a classic example. The point of that story is that was floated out. I was disappointed, yeah. but I floated it along and it wasn't friend or family. She just went to a neighbor. So she became my best salesperson. Right. You know. She's not even on her payroll, but she, she advocated for me. It's huge. And, and got the job. He never even, just because of our experience with that one customer, he didn't even shop it out, which shocked me because uh, as I'm looking at the number, I'm like, this is getting up here. Yeah, that's uh, a significant proposal number. to be and giving to yeah. somebody and to, for it to not be shopped. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that is surprising. Yeah. Do you guys talk about these 
um, in the act, these activities that you're doing, this self-generated lead competition with operations? Like, do, do they know the tactics in which you oh, yeah. guys are trying to, to operate to, to bring more jobs in? Yeah, they know that we're... we're, we're um, you're hustling. We're hustling, we're hunting. And then there's another thing, too, that we do, which I think is gets um, heightened awareness to the fact that you are hunting for leads. Um, our scheduling... Joanna and Beth will send a text message to all the sales guys. So we're okay for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have nothing for the elite team for Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, the whiz kids could use four jobs on, on Thursday to, to keep them through the week. So you carry that with you and that urgency. You know, it's one thing to be making phone calls all the time as you can and trying to hunt. But then when you when somebody says to you, the Wizards could use four jobs on Thursday. It's it even becomes even more heightened in your mind, yeah. and you hunt a little bit better, and you and you make a deal even better. So you forget about your own goals, and you go, okay, what would it take to get this? Even if it's only a four thousand dollar job or a three thousand, what would it take to get it? Because in a time where we all know recruiting is a challenge, keeping finding good people is a challenge. Mm-hmm. When you have a good team, yeah. You don't want them to walk away because you can't fill their plate. Yes, exactly, and that's what and it, that takes a full team to me to be able team, to make yeah. that happen. And that's the that's you just nailed it there. Um, it's that fault them having nothing on their plate, and and they're your best painters. They're your really good crews, and so you're going to hunt because the 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 alternative is they find work somewhere else, mm-hmm. and you don't want that. I don't think this is one of Nolan Painting's values, but I feel like you, you guys are nimble. Yeah. Like, you guys know how to adapt. Adaptability is one of Nolan mm-hmm. Consulting Group's values, but I feel like that's a shared value over yep. at Nolan because you guys, you're nimble on your feet all week long, trying, especially this time yeah. of year, trying to fill those weekly hours. Yeah. And there's a, there's a thrill that comes with it, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, you make the kill, you make the clothes, <laughs> you feel good. Yeah, like you know, it 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 is. It's there's a, a dopamine in it, if you will, and it mm-hmm. just it gets you going. It keeps you on the trail. Do you feel like in this role you are f- like fulfilling more? I guess we'll say we're like, are you getting more dopamine in this in this role with sales? Maybe because it's a it's a position that you never really thought. That, no, you, you never thought you never thought you'd be in, and now yeah. you're in it, and you're crushing it. So well, that's pretty cool. So the dopamine in the operations world was, you know, you got a really good report card. They paid the job was under, yeah. Was hours, and you're like, that was well managed, and that made you feel really good. But when you're when you're hunting and you and you get the job, there is there's a thrill that comes with every close, and even more when you know you're providing to those that don't have it, like that they needed it, that were depending on you. It's a it's a dopamine, and it's a different type, yeah. Because um, now you know that. X amount of guys. There's nothing crushes more to, to you to find out as you're going along in your daily activities that um, four guys that you know in the field that are really good painters are off today, and then maybe that hurts. You, it hurts, and maybe you know a little bit more about their world, like yeah. privately, what's going on in their families, and you're like, that's terrible. Like that that hurts. That yeah. that gets into your mind. Yeah, you know. Where, where, and how often, or however you can avoid that scenario, is then what you're you're constantly trying yeah. to fight. Yeah. Um. I, you you just hit something that um kind of brings me into my kind of follow up question here. In the operations world, 
what what got you really excited was the report card, the job well done, it was paid. Yep, and under budget. And under budget. And in my recent conversations with some folks over at Nolan was collecting the check, making sure that that AR remains really low Mm -hmm. is a shared responsibility. Yes. And I think that probably creates a really nice relationship between ops and sales as well. Operations, part of their role is to collect the check at the end of the job. Mm -hmm. But they know that they're on a team with the sales rep who sold that job. And if money's hard to get, sales rep is coming right back in because you sold that job. Yes, you did. You picked that customer. Yep. And now, and now they're not paying. Now, now they're not paying. So that that's a great that's a great uh, question and a great topic. So a lot of times you go into it. Um, it's funny when somebody's not paying and they've been difficult and you can't get them hold of them. You forget about all the customers that paid right on time. They were delighted. This one or two stragglers. So when you so it is a shared responsibility. You did, you nailed it well there by saying um, you sold it. You picked this customer. Mm-hmm. You, you give them the opportunity for Nolan Payne to be in their house. Now you have to follow up. Sometimes it takes a phone call and it's innocent. Oh, I'm so sorry. I saw it. I forgot all life, about and it. And life is busy. And we life give is, people that benefit of the oh, doubt. Yes. There's a lot of moving parts and in a day. So the first round is usually by an estimator uh, or the salesperson that sold it. And they go, yeah, okay. They hear your voice and they go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And it's paid like that. just happens. And then there's... There's a couple of phone calls and maybe the field manager does one and there's nothing happening. That's time to shake the tree. Mm-hmm. And um, and then last but not least, you don't want to be psycho girlfriend, but <laughs> <laughs> you carry a bill. You take a, a hard copy with you and you deliver it and you put your business card on the envelope with your cell phone on it. That usually drives the point home. Yeah. And then if, if that doesn't work, you have to get down into it. You have to maybe show up unexpectedly. But for the most part, what I find is with both the field manager and the salesperson jumping together on it, mm-hmm. um, that usually resolves the issue. And, it, and it's only fair because you don't want the sales, the operations, they have enough, the, the field managers have their things to do, and you don't want to leave them hanging out on their own. It's, right. not, it's not like it's not your problem. It is your problem. Um, and so you have to jump back in again. Was that always part of the process, or did or did the sales reps become more involved in that collecting of the check at a you know um, within the last couple of years? Yeah, and even before that, uh, it beca- it became part of our topic in our um, operations meeting on a Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. and we were all there, and so the conversation would come up about the Smith job or the Jones. Why are they not paying? And at one stage, it probably would have been on the team more than the sales, but then it was it started to merge and here I'll help you out so yeah. um, if, a, if a job is not getting paid and it's gone into aging AR accounts receivables and there's no there's nobody's responding that's what started that whole ball rolling going you two need to get on on this right away yeah and so then it just morphed into this is your responsibility. So what was informal conversations yeah. happening at a operations meeting has now formalized into yeah, true, a, yeah. a shared responsibility shared responsibility. I think I think that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, again, it goes back it goes back to team. It goes back to there's multiple relationship points with that customer, from the sales rep to the field manager to the crew leader, and you all now work together to really close out that job yeah. by by getting that final check. Yeah. And what Kevin told me on a recent uh, conversation was that customer now gets put on a list where you won't 
you won't bid for them again. So it depends how, how bad how the experience bad it was. was. Yeah. So if it, if it was a long, drawn-out fight, if you will, yeah. uh, and you finally got it, and you were like, that was exhausting, then do you really want to go back there again? No. No. And do you really want to put a team in there that is going to feel the pain of that last experience? They may very well take it out on them. Uh, and so there's a time to let a customer go. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about letting employees go that don't work out. There are customers that don't work out too. And at that point, there's a starred system where you, uh, well, you can, I can now myself go in and just write three bullet points pertaining to that project, how difficult it was to get the payment, how they played me around, and do I want to go back down that road again? And so you say, you know, star them. And then they may not call for four years, but if you didn't put bullet points to it, a little, t- just a little reminder, a little tickler that reminds you why mm-hmm. you did made that decision four years ago, then you're standing there going, yes, what was that? Oh, you know what? It mustn't have been that bad. And, and maybe you end up going back down the same road that you should never have went down. Ay, ay, ay. So you just write in a few fu- bullet points and you ended at that. Yeah. Connell, talk to me a little bit more about the hunting component that you re- you referenced. So, in 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 the, in the busy times, naturally, um, salespeople, you know, we, we're customers are calling all the time. It's not as hard to find a lead, right? Um, you're basically more going out to satisfy their needs because they're everybody wants their house painted, and they're calling all the time. In the slow times. Uh, like we're currently going through and what we just discussed, salespeople become, you know, they have two roles and sometimes they need to identify that. And the second role being that, you know, it is their role to sell, but the second part of that role is it's their role to go and find the stuff that they need to sell. So customers, unlike the busy times, will go into the shadows, if you will. Um, It's the doldrums of the winter uh, people are not thinking about spending and maybe it's, you know, it's the type of year or they just got over the holidays. And so you have to go find them. You have to go find that sale and you have to draw them out and make sure that, you know, find different ways to get a hold of them and entice them out with your discounts and everything. But to be successful in that uh, as a salesperson, that's something you have to do. You have to learn that you have two roles at a certain time. And it's just as important to bring that out to find the sale and then sell it. We've done a lot of, a lot more focus, I'd say, in the last y- couple of years on these prospecting behaviors, mm-hmm. you know, business development. And yeah. it's it's not, I think so often we think business development is for commercial or GC-focused sales mm-hmm. reps, but it's not. You have, you have just shown us that you are prospecting, you are finding, you are creating self-generated leads. Yeah, to sell. To sell for residential repaint. Mm-hmm. You have to go find them. You have to you have to go find them. Yeah. So that's your uh, that's your second role, especially when things are slow. What uh, just to, to kind of bring us home here? I mean, when you think about our listeners, um, all of which are you know, have are in different positions from different companies. Um, I'm sure a lot of the things that you are saying are resonating um, for a company that maybe is is struggling and between their ops and their sales teams and is struggling to kind of find that bond. Do you have any recommendations on how to begin to nurture that relationship or, um, I mean, outside of 
having them listen to this podcast because it, it's clear to me. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's clear why it's important to have that relationship yeah. and those processes of shared responsibility. But how does someone start that? So, uh, so here's the way, it, uh, well, the way it used to be anyway. And, and uh, what I find by talking to a lot of companies, one's blaming the other. Well, sales is this and then operations. He and said, talk, she, she said. said. And then you've got an operation or a sales guy saying, well, you know, it was a good job and I don't. The blame game doesn't fix anything. Yeah. Let's face it. It only makes a bigger divide. How do you build the bridge between sales and operations? It has to be a bridge that both can walk over at any time. It's like leaving your door open. So people can come in and say hello to you. And I think it starts out really simple by sitting down with each other. Like we often sat together. One of the best ways to do it, and it goes way back, and I think it is the key. When I was young in the field, I remember um, we started something basically and what to look at things through the eyes of an estimator, basically what you were doing. So you went on the sale. So you were allowed to take off from your current position for a few hours in the morning, and as a job leader, a crew leader, you drove with a sales guy, and you went to different jobs. You watched their process. You watched how they were doing things, and you did your own takeoff. And then afterwards, Interesting. you sat and talked. And I think that's, a, that's like a start to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, my first one was with John, John Myers. John's a very detailed guy. Just, he just, he's a very detailed guy. And he um, he had his way of doing things, and I had mine. And we we would afterwards I would say, "Do you really think you're going to paint that soffit in three hours?" I don't <laughs> think so. And he goes, "Yeah, but it's in good shape, and it was good dialogue." Yeah, you know, it and talks he, he, about he, he, how how are we estimating yeah, here yeah, at the company? Yeah, yeah. and you, you can't put eight hours in that Connell. I'll never get the job, you know. And it was little things like that. But then yeah, you, you each learn from each other. You, you each learned. And then, you know, maybe it was certain types of windows, and you're like, you know, that has to come off. Oh, what? And that part comes away from the window. It has to be, that these have to be taken off. And, uh, and so there was another step to that window, for example, that he didn't see, or vice versa. And, um, and it just became a good dialogue. So the next time that you had a problem on a job, you didn't become as judgmental as you would have been in the past. And and it was the start of a, a, a long bridge, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at least there was a foundation being put there to put it in place. Yeah. Uh, but I will say to all listeners, the blame game does not work at all. No. It just makes it, it makes the river wider. It does. Yeah. It really, really it. does. Yeah, it does. It doesn't work. Well, Connell, it was a pleasure, as always, well, you. bringing you um, back onto the podcast, into the studio. You're coming to the Grand Summit? Yes. Coming to Savannah? Yes, I am. Which is fantastic. So I know a lot of our listeners uh, and a lot of our, our Summit members will get to connect yeah. um, with you there. Um, what are you most looking forward to this year for not only your role, but maybe for, for Nolan Painting? So we we have a lofty goal as a, as a, as a whole goal for the year. Yes, Our, I saw a, that on the whiteboard. It's a big one. It is. And... Um, you know, as we go along and we hit different milestones, as leads us there, you celebrate those. You have yeah, to celebrate the wins. Yes, you have you to celebrate the milestones or your stepping stones to your big goal. And so hitting those, I think, is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, getting ahead of it and just, you know, getting into the the, the um, exterior season again. You know, we've experienced a really hard start to the to this year, but we made it happen. 
um, we didn't have a lot and we still, we were basically like farm to table the whole time. Yeah. And we were just, we were basically killing it and just putting it on the table. I mean, that's what there Claire was, was saying the other day. She goes, we're, we need jobs for uh, like yeah. in three days. Yeah. And so that's, that was cool when that happens and we made it and then you start all over next week yeah. again. And the same applies to you as a salesperson. You can have a killer month, but, you know, you may be this month's hero, your next month's zero. You know, that's just how it starts hero, out again. Hero to zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but it is exciting. Like, I mean, so, um, yeah, hitting, hitting this, can we hit this goal? Because we never were here. We never were this far before. Yeah. So this is new territory. So that's always exciting. I'm telling you it is yeah. because you're wondering, can we actually do this? You know, and then as you start to see it, happening and you're like yeah this is right there and especially as the year goes on like when you start to see the numbers and then you start to make re- you know, you're very profitable and you see that we're basically on target maybe we slip a little bit ahead of target you're like well this is this is, this yeah. is actually doable because january and february and march are tough because you've tough the, the goals are, are realistic for those months we yes. lot have some loft to them but we we know that the seasonality of the business yes. impacts things. So, but then it becomes it's the April, May, June. Yeah. We're like these are the big goals, and yeah. are and we're hitting them. Yeah, we're hitting them. And you're outside, and it's new, and yeah. it's rebirth, if you will. And yeah. uh, and in the and the and the slower months, you know, um, a, a comment that Jim said one time, you know, let the real sell the real salesperson step up, because in these slower times and some of the jobs, you know, you're not going to get practice your processes, you know, train yourself while you're there. You, okay, so you know you're not going to get it. Yeah. Okay? And you don't have another appointment. Unlike the summer where you're out of one appointment into another. So now you don't have anything for an hour and a half. Well, you, you might as well have fun with it and, you know, practice a little bit with yourself on, on some of the word tracks and go through the process of the sale and why are they not in, and dig deeper into their pain. and As uncomfortable the role-playing can feel. Yeah. It's, that's what kind yeah. of, it's put, uh, that's the bread on the butter. That's the bread and the butter. And it just, you know, you're, you're going after your no. You know yeah. you're going to get it. You know it's not going to probably happen. You just need to hear your no because it makes you stronger. It definitely does. I give kudos to all the sales reps out there and sales managers listening because your job is a part, you part of, a big part of your job is hearing no. Yeah. And to be able to just accept that and move on to the yeah. next, that is not easy. We, yeah. we recognize here that sales is not, Sales is not an easy job. Operations is not an easy. It's not an easy job. None of them are easy. And it's the grace in which I see a lot of, you know, our clients and their teams, you know, working through these these different challenges. Especially Mm -hmm. when we say business is messy, but like the trades is messy. Yeah. And uh, people pick their head up and show up the next morning and keep on going. So uh, especially this time of year when the skies are gray, the leads are slow, the light. The light is coming. The light is coming. At the we see the sun. The, the sun's coming next week. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Connell, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it you. as always. Um, until next time, see you then. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.